Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Shaq. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Anything's possible. And welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast. So coming at you with my boy Callum Mack. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing pretty well, Mitchie. How you going? Doing all right, mate. We're recording on a, a lovely Saturday morning. Nice day to spend the weekend talking some hoops. Oh, that's it, baby. Let's go. We got a we got another um, off-season breakdown coming with at you guys. Um, this time we're talking. Uh, as you, I've got my Steph Curry jersey in the background here. We're talking the Pacific Division, and we're talking a few very interesting teams moving forward. There's a range of uh, contenders, and the current champions are in this division. Um, some few disappointments in this division, so plenty to unpackage. Um, so we might get stuck straight into it. Um, we're going to start with the one of the more interesting teams, in my opinion, the Golden State Warriors. So. Obviously, last year they had a bit of a disappointing season. Uh, well, disappointing relatively because now they get the number two pick, uh, which could end up being <laughs> could end up being the the best thing that happens to this franchise moving forward. So, I'll start with you, Callum. What do you think the Warriors should do with this number two pick? Yeah, um, that's a good good question. I'll say firstly, it's a bit of a flashback to the Spurs when they got old yeah. Timmy Duncan. That was obviously the number one pick, I believe it was, Mitch, for Timmy. It was the number one pick, yeah, where they did pick Tim Duncan. Yeah. But yeah, definitely when, a bit of uh, flashback, a bit of injuries, and then a bit of a tank and get a good pick. So Yeah, so um, obviously that year, um, the Admiral David Robinson went down. That's um, right. He was an they, MVP. Yeah, player. He, and they tanked it pretty hard, successfully. And then look what happens the next 20 years of their And then another dynasty, just like Bang. that. Yeah, so look, I don't know if we've got a Tim Duncan in this draft class. <laughs> <laughs> James Wiseman isn't is the next Tim Duncan. No. Look, um, there's about a zero point one percent chance that he turns into that, but it's a possibility, I guess. <laughs> you can never rule it out. Um, I'm not putting money on it. Um, I don't mind James Wiseman. It, we'll go back to the draft. So look, maybe Wiseman. I don't mind. Um, Edwards is pretty good. I'm not super sold on Lamelo Ball. Um, to be honest, I think if, if they want to contend, because obviously this team is looking to contend, they're getting Steph Curry back, who is a you know MVP, um, back-to-back MVP caliber player. Yeah. Um, you've got Clay Thompson, who's coming back off his injury. Um, oh, I'll say firstly on Steph. I mean, it's just a wrist injury, isn't it? Like he, he should come back. 100%. Yeah, it was a broken hand, I think it was. So yeah, and I don't think it was shooting his, hand too. Yeah, it wasn't a shooting hand. So I think he'll be fine moving forward. Like there may just be this little bit of rust, but. You know what? A lot of teams are going to be not playing for a long time. Some teams mm. will be only having a couple of months off. So it's a, it's a weird time in the NBA. Um, yeah. So it, a lot of things are yet to happen. But I don't think from an injury point of view that it's really going to impact them too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, Clay Thompson's a little bit more of a concern with the knee. Cause you, you don't love a knee. But, um, I mean, he's, he's such a knockdown shooter. And the way he defends anyway, he just... He's not never been overly athletic. He's always just been that good, stay in front of you, bit yeah. physical defender, which um, has been really successful. And because it doesn't rely too heavily on athleticism, I still think he should be pretty capable on that end. He probably won't be as 
good as he was previously, but he should be capable. He's had heaps of time to rest with this big bubble and, and off-season, so he should come back 100% and keep yeah. knocking down you know, three-pointers over 40% field goal. So he looks good. Draymond should be back. He should be rejuvenated. He's had heaps of time to rest now. So they've got their core. It's still there. That, that's a core that took them to two NBA finals before Kevin Durant came, so there's no reason why they can't do it again. Um, and yeah. then on top of that, we, we got this pick, and I think what they need to do with this pick is they have to trade it because... The window they have now with those players are all around 30-ish. Um, they should try and get another talented player um, to just boost this roster over the edge and, and try and win a championship. Yeah, so you're talking about the window. So Steph Curry, 32, Clay Thompson, 30, Draymond, 30. All three of their main guys on the wrong side of 30, basically. So that doesn't mean they're going to be falling off a cliff, but it does put a little bit of a time pressure on this team that, you know, they probably have like a a three to four year window before this team starts to decline um, in terms of just aging out. I mean, I think Steph Curry can be a great player for a long time, but he does sneakily rely on a lot of quickness and things like that. So he, he runs around those picks like the whole game. So at some point that type of effort will take us toll on him and he will start to slow down slightly. Um, but in saying that, I, I agree. They definitely should be trying to pay, trade this pick. Um, I think the question comes into to play is like what do you actually accept back for the number two pick it's it's a really tough question this year and without us being in the like conversations between gms we don't really know like what teams are willing to give up to get this number number two pick um you know like we know it's quote unquote a weak draft everyone seems to be saying that um now last time there was a really weak draft Giannis and senator kumpo got picked so it's always good to have like a piece of the pie or a, a lottery ticket to be in there and with the num- number two overall pick, you've got the pick of the litter, but you know, maybe they look to trade down and pick up some further assets on top of that. So that, you know, I think some people say that this is a very flat draft. It's not very top heavy. Um, or if there's a, an obvious trade out there that, you know, you're getting a, a really good talent back. Um, I, I think you do that trade. I'm just not sure if it is going to be out there. I don't know. Like, do you have any names off the top of your head that, you know, they would accept just a straight swap of number two pick for this player or these players in mind? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I feel like it'd have to be... It would make sense for it to be maybe some kind of expiring contract. Um, but it, it, it's hard to say. As you know, there's not many people out on the table. There's been a lot of talk about Chris Paul, and he's obviously not a fit with his team. Um, there's no other real, you know, kind of all-star caliber kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think things can change in the season, but obviously, you know, the drafts before the season. So if they want to get it moving, they have to do it now. Yeah, it, yeah, and I guess it comes down to how much you believe in these prospects, and you know, being in the meetings and things like that. There's a lot of things that can happen. Um, a couple of names that came to my mind: are a couple of centers. Obviously, this is like a weak position for them, so they they've got Dream on there who can play the center. But I don't know if it's what you want to do long term, especially if you're going to come up against a team like. Um, the Lakers, who have Anthony Davis. Now, I know Draymond's a, a great defender, but he's not quite... He doesn't have the length, I don't believe, to guard Anthony Davis, at least not for the whole game. So you want to have some different op- options to throw at him. So I like throwing out names like Miles Turner, who we know is a bit unhappy in Indiana. Maybe you can get a pairing of him and TJ Warren or him and Victor Oladipo. Um, Nikola Vucevic, who's on expiring contract in Orlando. I know that Orlando have been stuck in that sort of middle ground for a long time and they've got Mo Bamba sitting behind him that they may want to give him some more minutes. So maybe a combination of him and uh, Evan Fournier might be might be the go. 
The difficult thing is making the salaries match up, so perhaps then you have to throw in Andrew Wiggins, uh, which isn't necessarily an awful thing. Um, if we move on to him for a second, he's still got three more years left at basically 30 plus million a year. So it's a, it's a pretty awful contract. But yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts with Andrew Wiggins? Like, do you yeah. think you need to attach him to the pick or do you don't mind keeping him? I actually I actually don't mind Andrew Wiggins. Um, when you look at the, the way their roster is set up in terms of contracts, you get Steph Curry locked in for three years. Um, oh, sorry, two, well, starting the season, you got two years out of him. You got yeah. four years out of Clay. You got three years from Wiggins, and you got four years for Draymond. So that core is locked down. So yeah. I don't mind just playing, spinning the dice of Andrew Wiggins now. Try and get some value because I feel like his value is just down right now. And for him to play alongside Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, who are two of the most, you know, they're going to take so much attention on the court that it's just going to create more space for Andrew Wiggins to shine. Um, obviously not in a huge role, but I feel like his efficiency, which has always kind of been a bit of a knock to him, I can see that being boosted um, and then potentially get some trade value out of that. Or if it works, there's no reason why Steve Kerr can't like unlock him, even on the defensive end, and for him to be a big part to what could be a, a championship run. So I'm not going to be completely surprised if it's a breakout season for Wiggins just because of the amount of space he's going to work with with a, a great coach in Steve Kerr and with the players he's with. Yeah. Um, he's still 25. Yeah. Like he's, he's, still he's still young. Right? People yeah. have knocked him because he's got this huge contract because, I mean, yeah, he's definitely been getting overpaid. But he's still he's got three more years in this deal. I think it's a great fit for him. I think he can really shine. So if that clicks for them, maybe that is the missing piece that they need. Um, in terms of, yeah, I, I think they do need a senator, as you did touch on. Um, making some of those trains... I mean, I think, I mean, even, yeah, like Vucevic, he could be in the trade market. Yeah. He's not an amazing pick. Offensively, he'd be great. It'd be it, cool it's to the see defense him, but that's, that's a bit of an issue for him, hey? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and you need to, you, you need to close out those games with, I think, Draymond Green, because that's what they had, that's what brought them to so much success. Um, it could be a bit different against the Lakers, which is a good point that you brought up. So maybe they do want to bring someone in who is capable on that end. So maybe maybe they do try and make a move for. I think Miles Turner would actually be a great fit for this team. So I, I do yeah. like the addition of Miles Turner, and I think if you if you had Miles Turner and let's say T.J. Warren for Andrew Wiggins and the number two pick, I think at least for next year that makes you a better team. Um, maybe yeah. for the next two years, it's just that whether you want to do that and you know uh, sacrifice the, the years following that. That's the question that they, I guess they want to ask themselves. The other asset that they do have is the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, first round pick for next year, which is, I believe, top four protected. So that could actually turn into a quite quite a big asset. I believe the next year's draft is supposed to be a lot better. Um, so let's say that this is like a number five pick next year. Then they can use that and start to get a bit more youth into this team in that draft yeah. class. And it may be just as good of a talent as the number two pick this year. So, you know, it's... But in saying that, it could also not convert and, and they, they push that back another year. So a lot, lot of things to happen. And I guess it comes down to like, what like, do you value these draft picks? Like, do you value James Wiseman? Do you think he's going to be like a good defensive player that could, you know, guard Anthony Davis in spurts in the first year of his career? I think that's questionable personally, just based on what I've seen. And that is very little, just like everyone else. Um, so it is a big gamble. Uh, but one that could pay off, I guess. Well, let's talk about the center position because I feel like that probably is one weakness, especially against the yeah. Lakers. Yeah. So, do you do you think Eric Pascal can play the play the center? 
I, I don't believe so. No, I, I think, think he's so. I think he's too small and and just especially now I know I'm using this, this example a lot, but like the Lakers are the team to beat. Like they just won the championship. Yeah. They're, they're not going to go away anywhere next year. You got to basically go through them to get to the NBA Finals. So you you do have to have someone or multiple players that you can throw at Anthony Davis. And I don't think Eric Pascal is the guy. Like he's a he's a good young player, but defensively I just don't see him slowing Anthony Davis down at all. Yeah. Well. I think that's a fair point. I would agree with you on that point. You could probably put him on him for little spurts, but I don't think he's going to do much. Um, you got someone like Kevin Looney, who has, to be honest, the past few years has been completely injury prone. So I'm not going to. Yeah. I have no faith in Kevin Looney anymore. Sadly, I, I think he's a good player, but it's just well, he's, yeah. he's a good role player when he can be. But it's just his the injury. He's still 24. Maybe he can bring it back, but he, I'm, I'm, good, I have concerns about him. Yeah, he's, he's he's shown flashes, and I do like him. If he is healthy, I think he is someone that you can in spurts put on Anthony Davis but yeah that question mark about his health is is mm. there um, so and it's not something that I want to rely on you yeah, got go Marquis Chris as well who I think Steve Kerr can unlock to be a reasonable role player off the bench but I think that's kind of the limit of where he can he's still 23 but I think that's really the limit for the next season at least maybe he can shine in a few more years to a starting role but I wouldn't put money on that I think he'd just be a role I, player off the bench he's athletic I think you put Marcus Chris on Anthony Davis, he fouls out in four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> he's, exactly. Yeah. He's um yeah. I don't I don't hold a lot of stock in Marquis Chris's value. All right. Well, we know that Golden State are a pretty good destination and for free agents because obviously they're a contender. Yeah. I'll throw some names yeah. out there. Would, would yeah, you be looking to potentially look at? Um, I mean, Andre Drummond's probably going to take his player option, so we'll take him off yeah. the table. Yeah, he, he's uh, off the table. Yeah. Um, Hassan Whiteside, Marcus Sol, Biombo, Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, Mahimi, Mason Plumley, uh, any any of those talking to? You? Um, I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of Plumley. I think Aaron he Baines. could be decent. I think Plumley could be decent in this system as like a kind of player who's like the quote unquote starter, but doesn't play that many minutes. May play like a twenty minute a night kind of role. Yeah, because um, he's a good passing that, big man. That fits in really well. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll throw another name out there: Nerlens Noel from OKC. He's yep. another. He's another player that I that I do like the look of. He's only 26, um, very efficient, lob threat. Um, he can switch out kinder, maybe not to the extent of someone we've seen like Bam Adebayo, but he is quite nimble on his feet. So I, I like him. Um, they're probably the, the two biggest guys that I, I think I, I like. I think one of the other names you threw out there was Hassan Whiteside. I don't know what's going to happen with Hassan Whiteside this offseason in terms of his free agency. Like I don't know what kind of salary someone he Someone will give him a bit of money. Yeah, and I don't think the Warriors want to do that. Like, I think if he comes in on a minimum, like a mid-level exception or something like that, then cool, you can have him and, and not feel like you have to play him big minutes. But I feel like, I don't know, I just know him. Yeah, I know someone's going to throw some kind of money at him and I, I wouldn't be willing to do that. Well, maybe the option for them is just to, it could be viewed as a safe bet. If there's no good trade on the table, maybe just go after James Wiseman. You put a bit of stock in him. We know that their starting center is probably going to play about, you know, 20 minutes a game anyway. So to try yeah. and develop him, see what you can do with him. I, I, if I was a GM, I'd consider that. If there's if there's no good trade on the table, maybe that's what you do as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, last sort of question on these guys: Do you think that these um, the Warriors can contend? Like, Definitely. do you actually see them winning a championship? Like winning one? I I do I do, and I think the yeah. one um, I guess person who really has to step up to make that happen is Andrew Wiggins. And yeah, right. as I said, he's 25. If he steps up and he can do an efficient kind of 18 to 20 points a game, 
I think they definitely do have a fighting chance, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I can see it. I think, um, look, I know that next year's free agency class is going to be just nuts. And um, that can literally change the entire league for the next four to five years after that. I think they have a legitimate shot to win it next year if they play their cards right. If they can turn this number two pick into a ready-made player or they can sign some some decent bench depth, whether it's through free agency or the buyout market, um, I think they have a legitimate shot next year. You know, there's a lot of question marks with the chemistry of um, the Clippers. Denver might not be ready just to take their next step next year. Um, you know, the Lakers are a year older. They've got a very old roster. You know, they, they, they had a fortunate run in terms of injuries. You know, let's say something goes wrong there. I think they have a legitimate shot next year. After that, I think it starts to get a bit dicey depending on if you make that trade. Um, whereas I think you may extend the window if you choose to do the draft pick. So it's a tough choice. It's a tough sort of situation to be in, but two good options, I would say. But um, I can definitely see them win. I think next year is their best shot, though. To win the win the championship. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on. So we'll move on to the LA teams. I'm going to start with the Clippers. That we'll start with the disappointing team first. <laughs> the the team that has no fans left. Everyone's jumped ship over to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, the LA Clippers. They obviously famously lost to the Nuggets in the playoffs. Um, now I will just start out by highlighting the fact that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both have one more year left on their deal and can opt out next year if they choose to become an unrestricted free agent. Um, if you're a Clippers fan, are you like pissing your pants right now? Are you are you worried? Definitely, absolutely. If they have a repeat of what happened in this playoffs, if they crash and burn in the second round, even hypothetically, let's say they make it to the conference finals and the Lakers torch him. I mean, why would Paul George and Kawhi not think about leaving? Like, let's be honest. They, they can opt out. They're still going to get paid money. I mean, Kawhi definitely is. Paul George... Yeah. I feel like someone's going to throw some money at him as well. So it, it's definitely, is there a world I can see a breakup happening? Yes, absolutely. And then they've lost all their picks and yeah. it's just going to be an absolute disaster for them. So it really could tumble and burn. It's it's like one of the the, the highest like risk versus reward thing, <laughs> situations I've like seen ever in the NBA. Like they've really gone for the swing here and it could really burn like up in their face. Or... It could really work. Like this could be a really good team and they could sign on again, extend their run. Like say they win the championship next year. Like they're probably not going to leave after that. Then they could have a run. You know, they're 29 and 30. Um, they've got some good bench um, talent on this team. They could rattle off three championships in a row. It, it could like go either way. And like I find that so fascinating. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely win like, and bust though, right? In yeah, my view, oh, 100%. win and bust. You saw it this year, like they, they didn't make the Western Conference Finals and it, they acted like they like did nothing and they threw the team out. Like it was, yeah, I think if they don't, if they Do don't you reckon the it would have been worse? Let's say the Lakers actually did beat them in the Conference Finals. Would that be a worse scenario to what happened? No, I don't think so. I think, I think if they make the Conference Finals, unless they get completely blown out, I mean, if you can't get much worse than blowing a 3-1 lead. Like, I yeah, don't know. That's, that's pretty bad. That's like the worst case scenario. So I feel like had they made the, the Western Conference Finals, it was semi-competitive with the Lakers and they lost in, you know, let's say five or six games. Yeah. I, I still think that there's a bit more belief in this team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like things can change so quickly in the NBA. Like I would not be surprised at all if like this is the last year that this tandem exists. Um, 
In saying that though, let's say, let's just think about next year. Do you think that they should be, if not the favourites, but the top two or three to win the championship next year? Um, I'd put them in the, definitely in the top three. I'm, they're not my favourite. I think at this point, you've got to say the Lakers are the favourite from what we saw from them. And they're just, I believe they're a much I more think, mental tough team. Yeah. I think odd, the odds on favourite to win is the Lakers to go back to back. I mean, it's very early, but I think at the moment they are the favourites. Yeah, well, mm. I've heard some talk in the background saying, um, obviously, Paul George and Kawhi, they were complaining about the point guard and, and Pat Bev, yep. who um, is a serviceable kind of role player to get under people's skin, but well, he, he's not going to run a team. And Kawhi previously has been playing with, I mean, he won that chip with Carl Lowry. Before that, he was with Tony Parker, who are two very good point guards. Um, I, You could obviously tell that he needs, he just prefers to have someone as more of a, a ball handler to, he can work a yeah. bit more off ball. Yeah. Um, and you've heard some talk about Rondo. Do you reckon, let's say hypothetically, they sign Rondo, the Lakers lose Rondo, who yes. I will point out was huge for them in the playoffs, playoff Rondo. Well, is well, that a big, he, he is that okay. a big factor? Yeah. Um, look, for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm, I've never been a, a Rondo believer, but I will what about say... playoff Rondo though? <laughs> playoff Rondo <laughs> is different a person. different animal. It, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually crazy, the difference between Rondo in the regular season and Rondo in the playoffs. Yeah, he's it's a winner, actually, bro. It's huge. Um, so look, I, I can see that being, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be an upgrade. And I think even just having the option there, even if it is just to take a ball handling, playmaking load off Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, that, that's a good thing. And, it, and I think, you know, there was one game in the final, and it was game six, I think, where Rondo just turned it on and like no one was really expecting him to do anything and people on their back feet and he just turns it on scores. I think it was something like 15 points, something like that. Yeah. It shot super efficiently in that game. Real efficient. Um, yeah, and, and just sort of made things happen. So, look, I think it would be an upgrade. I, I don't think it's the thing that really, I don't know. I don't think that's the difference on this team, though. Like, I feel like they could win with him, they could win without him. Like, it really comes down to, um, like, what kind of Paul George we get, do you know? Like, yeah. You know, that's like, the biggest that, factor, isn't it? It is the biggest factor. And, like, I know Paul George, like, in the bubble, he he was saying he was probably dealing with some stuff and, and like, that's fair. Like it's, it's a different environment, but you know, those, that was the environment that everyone else was in this year. If it's going to be different, if they're going to be traveling. Um, but in saying that, like say they come up against the Lakers, it's going to be in the Staples center. And you know that 80% of the fans are going to be going for the Lakers every single game in that scenario. So look, I don't know. I, I have a small, I have a, a bit of hope that Paul George can turn it around, but based on what we've seen, I'm not not putting money on it. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that Paul George, he's 30 years old. He may not be as bad as he was in the playoffs just gone, but I don't know if we're ever going to get peak Paul George back again. Which is weird to say because that was only last year. Yeah. And that was peak yeah. Paul George, which is a bit... I mean, statistically, anyway, you, you could make the argument he was better in Indiana because he, he took that team to two Game 7s in the conference finals against LeBron. And that might no, you're right, he team. was... He was top three in the MVP voting two years ago. Yeah. Which is which is nuts. So, look, it sounds crazy to say. And, you know, maybe I am jumping the gun a little bit. I, I probably am. But just with that taste left in our mouth, like, it just feels, I don't know. Like, and especially when you get to these heights and these expectations, you know, it, it can cause some, some players to crumble. And I'm um, just questioning whether or not Paul George is the kind of player that will stand up in those heavy heavy pressure moments. Um, I have belief in Kawhi. Kawhi, I think, is he's tried and tested 
And, you know, he played bad in that last game, but leading up to that, he was he was playing great. He was putting up numbers. He was willing the team over the line. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it comes down to Paul George and what kind of Paul George we get. Yeah. All right, well, um, what about the, I'll tackle the I'll tackle yeah. the contracts again. So yeah, um, Marquise Morris uh, is expiring, so yeah. that's something they might need to look into. Trez Harrell is expiring, so they need to try and re-sign him, I guess. Or what, what do you do with Trez trade. Harrell? What What do you do with him? Do you sign him back? I I would sign him because I think he's still got value. So you, you definitely have to sign him. You maybe give him the bird rights, and because there'll be a market for him. So even if you you sign him, you give it a, give it a test run you could even this um i know there's some kind of rules to the nba but I, I believe by the deadline the free agency oh sorry the um mid-season deadline you could trade him away so um, that, that's something they could look into yeah. um and you, you could even do a similar thing for marcus morris to try, try and get something in but th- that's one of the knocks against his team is they didn't have like so much uniformity with their collection so there's a lot of pieces thrown all together and they really probably need to build that chemistry up so yeah yeah, which and is he's, which one is of the, fair. he's one of the oldest players there, right? Trez Howell's been there for a while. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you, you even go back to uh, it's a fairly different situation, but like the 2011 Miami Heat, a team that was sort of assembled um, very quickly. You know, they didn't get it in their first year, so perhaps this team is a bit like that. They just need a little bit more time to sort of get their chemistry going, figure a few things out in the locker room, and then they'll be fine from there. That's definitely a scenario and a possibility. Um, Trez Harrell, he's a he's a funny one. I don't know how much I'd, I'd want to pay him. Um, look, he's only twenty six, so like if if you threw a fair bit of money at him, it wouldn't be the worst contract in the world because he's still obviously going to be a pretty decent player. Um, but he is undersized, and again, we we bring up this Anthony Davis issue. Is he the kind of guy that's going to go and guard Anthony Davis? Like I just, I don't think oh, so. He's not going to do a good job. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so they don't really. I'm looking at this roster. I don't really see someone who has that ability. Like you could say that Marcus Morris might have been, might have been that player. Yeah. Um, we've seen him do some good jobs, but you never know. Like I, I, obviously, maybe like do you put Paul George on Anthony Davis? Like if Kawhi's guarding LeBron, like is Paul George? I, I don't really love that either. I actually so, kind of prefer the switch around. I'd actually try and go Kawhi on AD and then have really? Paul George and a mixture of other players and LeBron. Look, Kawhi can do anything, so I wouldn't put it yeah. past him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see that. But, yeah, I, I like your idea. Like, yeah, like I think the chemistry is a big thing. So um, I could see that. One thing we haven't touched on is um, the move that they have already made, and that's their coaching change. So Doc Rivers is out. Tyler is in. That's right. Um, what do you think about that? Um, to with the talent they have in the roster, there's no reason why Tyloo can't put it together. He did a good job with LeBron. He's good with superstars. Um, do I think he's an amazing coach? I think he's pretty mediocre, personally. Um, yep. But he's probably a good voice in that room that they do need just to try and get them all together and and build that chemistry. So to that degree, he should do a good job. I think. Um, what, what's your take? Um, my, my take is that like, I, I think it's a coaching upgrade and I think in terms of chemistry, this is going to be a good thing for them. Um, I think that, and now correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that they, was Kenny Atkinson named their assistant coach as well? Oh, that'd be interesting. Well, we'll, we'll start check that now. Start check it now. That, that'd be a good hiring. Um, I, I would have thought Kenny could have gotten a head coaching job though, surely. 
I'm yeah, I think I saw it. somewhere that he was an assistant coach somewhere. It might not have been the Clippers, but it was somewhere. But anyway, I think I think um, I think it is an upgrade, and I do think that he has experience going to the championship, going to the finals. Um, he's seen as a chemistry coach, a players coach, and I think that he'll have better schemes than Doc Rivers did. I think Doc Rivers gets a bit more of a pass than than we like to admit. Like he's sort of been coasting on that he's got that Celtics. reputation now doesn't he so yeah. it's just like he's been coasting on that Celtics championship for a while now yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I don't know if he's like really worth the kind of hype that he gets given so um, yeah. yeah look I think it's an upgrade and I think we'll, we'll see how it see how it goes um, but I think yeah it's it'll be very interesting watching them this next season and look it could all pay off or it could blow up in their face only only time will tell let's let's head over across town We'll talk about the uh, the Lakers now. So, obviously, we've got the reigning champs. The NBA LeBron champions. James. Yeah, Le- LeBron James, who arguably some say the greatest of all time. I say the second greatest of all time. But up there, Anthony Davis, 27 years old, like one of the top five players in the NBA. That's all you really need to say about this team. Like, if you've got those two pieces, um, the rest of the team, look, I mean, they've got a lot of people coming off contract, a lot of old veterans on this team. Um, do you think that they can go back to back? Um, I think I think it's I think it's pretty critical to get Rondo back. Uh, like he's played such a really? big part. I think you do have to get him back. Um, you have to re-sign KCP as well. You have to kind of run it back. He had some big moments in those finals, and it's not like there's I- much in his free agency to get something else. I agree more so on the KCP front. Rondo, I think you can let go. Um, just oh, simply really? because, well, look, I, I, I'll have him back. He's a bonus. He's a plus on the team. Like, have him on the team. Depending well, on what else are you going to of... get on the free agency there? There's, uh, I'll go through some names of point guards. You've got Jeff Teague, Goran Dragic, Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, Fred Van Fleet, but he's restricted. Um, Chris Dunn. There, there's... <laughs> There's not many free agents out there. You have to get Rondo back. You have to. Yeah, look, look, the free agent class isn't great. Um, but like, let me let me throw your name that was that's on the team that wasn't actually there in the in the bubble. What about Avery Bradley? Oh, he doesn't like, run the point though. I think well, that you need someone to take a bit you know of who the does? weight off LeBron. Well, I was about to say, you know who does run the point? LeBron James. Yeah, but they don't um, have anyone else who can do it when he's off the court. That's look, the and I understand that. that, that and that's cannot. cool. And that's 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 probably a regular season issue. I don't think that come the playoffs, LeBron's just running point guard, and and that's all there is to it. Like maybe when he goes off, you, you can give it to to someone like Alex Caruso or or Ever Bradley for stretches, and I think that's fine. Is that a championship caliber team though? Well, yeah, I think so. I think like Rondo when it comes- was a big part, man. You're a hater. You're a Rondo hater. Always I, have been. I feel like I know, and I am. I'm not a big fan of Rondo, but I think that like <laughs> people get swept up in the last game played. Like in the last game, he was great, but up until then, he was playing. I don't know what was he playing like 14 minutes a game. Like he wasn't contributing that much. It's not like an integral piece that you have to resign, no matter what kind of contract gets thrown at him. I think that you want him back, but I just don't want to sell. You know, like give him like a multi-year contract. Like if you bring him back, I want him on a one or two-year contract. If you yeah. look at this like team's roster setup in the 2021 to 22 season, they've got literally one person on the books, and that's LeBron James, and even that is a player option. Yeah. So like this whole team is like Next set season. up <laughs> that 
next season they have the flexibility that they could go out and sign Giannis and Tendo Kumpo. They they could they could sign multiple um, um, all stars or superstars. Like and and that's a good thing. That's good flexibility for this team, particularly because they are old. You know they they don't have these young players. Like the the youngest player, you know, is. Alex Caruso or Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, and we know that everyone wants Kyle Kuzma's head at the moment. Um, yeah. That his his value is down, mm. um, so they don't really have a future on this team outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, which is fine. They're in a win now mode, but um, I wouldn't be committing to Rondo for multiple years if that's what other teams are demanding for him. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll look who. Yeah, we'll what you touching in the books? You got you got Danny Green, fifteen mil next year. You got Avery, JaVale, Quinn Cook, and Caruso, and Kuzma. They're all locked in. Um, yep. So that's really all they have in their roster. Dwight's expiring. Um, I guess I think, you re-sign um, him. I think there's... I've heard some interest that Dwight may be coming back on a, on a small deal. Um, so yeah. I think that's fine. Um, and then Keith Morris, he's expiring. What, what do you think? Did you re-sign him? He played a pretty good part in, the, in that late round in the finals. Look, most of these guys I re-sign. I, I re-sign... Again, like I said, one, maybe give them a, a team or a player option after yeah. that. Um, I don't think that there's huge interest in a lot of these guys outside of maybe Rondo and KCP. KCP, I think, is the the one guy that I do want to come back. I think he was really, really good with this team. Um, I would say that he was their, which is crazy to say, he was like their third best player <laughs> um, uh, in the, in the fa- finals, at least. Um, so... I think that he's he's probably the most important piece to come back. He is only 27. He matches the timeline of Anthony Davis, so he's still got a few good years left in him. Um, but outside of that, I think you know you're the Lakers. You can you can go into the buyout market. You can go into free agency. People want to come and see you. So like I don't I, don't, I wouldn't stress too much about going out and giving Rondo four years, buddy, thirty million dollars. Like I, I just yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that and tie myself up and lose flexibility on this next free agency class that's going to be absolutely crazy because I think you're a title contender even without him. So that's just my point of view. And they're going to have a lot of money to spend in next free agency, that's for sure. Yeah, so um, let's let's talk about Anthony Davis though. Um, yep. He does have a player option. Do you think he opts in and keeps that flexibility? like, Or no, think, is he re-signing he, for a long-term deal? He's going to re-sign, but it's not going to be long-term. He's going to re-sign for, I reckon... I think he's going to match LeBron's and he's just going to go one plus one. Um, really? I feel like yeah, that's okay. what he's going to do. And then he's going to wait and see what LeBron wants to do. And I'm not going to be surprised if in the 22 season or after the 22 season, they're both out of there. These superstars really keep these teams on their toes, eh? Hey? Like, <laughs> yeah, they like do. Really, they love to just like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll be here next year. But after that, yeah. you never know. Look, the Lakers, they've got two more good years. To see what they get in the free agency. Obviously, next free agency, not this one. Yeah. Um, but next year is going to be crazy. Oh, it's going to be insane. And the Lakers oh. could make a big, big splash. Um, depending on what LeBron and AD do, oh, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a one plus one for AD. So you you got at least, I think, two years of them locked in. Um, it's all it's a bit up in the air there. Yeah, look, I, I, I probably agree. I think that, and that would make the most sense for Anthony Davis. Like, if you even if you consider someone like Kevin Durant, let, let's say Kevin Durant, even if he gets injured, like Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. Like that yeah, is worst the injury worst, worst injury in basketball. Mm. He still signs a max deal in the offseason yeah. when he's injured. So yeah. Anthony Davis, like I feel like that signing sets a, a precedence of like throw caution to the wind. Like let's throw yeah. risk out of there. 
even if you get injured, you're probably still going to be able to sign a max deal somewhere in the NBA. So Definitely. I think that like one year, get the most amount of money you can, keep the most amount of flexibility, keep the team honest and make sure that they're working to get the best teams every single year. Um, look, it's a hard environment to work under if you're the GM. But I think in terms of the players, what, what works best for the players, that would be what's best for Anthony Davis. So I definitely see that scenario playing out. And it would surprise me if he does um, sign a, a long-term deal um, to stay at the Lakers. But who knows? It is the Lakers. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah. So I guess the only other question is, do you think that they are... Do you think they can go back to back? Like, like honestly, if you're taking the Lakers or the rest of the Western Conference to make it to the finals, are you picking the Lakers? Um, I would, I would pick them to come out of the West. I would. Okay. Yeah, I think they're the favorites to win it. They, they look good. They, if they bring back the core that they had, um, and there's no major losses in free agency, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'd probably agree, and I think Anthony Davis is the reason. I just don't think that there's a Western Conference team that has a matchup that can handle him. If that changes, if someone brings in someone who can defend him, I think that they, yeah, I think that they could maybe, I might take the field, but at this stage with everything, the way it's constructed, I do think that the Lakers will come out of the, the West again. The, the one asterisk I will say is that this season could be uh, jam-packed in terms of the schedule. They've got a lot of older bodies, perhaps LeBron James, you know, they did have the break. We did say on one of our first podcasts that the break favored the Lakers the most. They had an older roster. That's not going to be the case next year. They're going to be traveling. They're, in, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be flying in and out. I do think that that could be um, something that may play to the detriment of this team and may allow one of these younger teams like the Nuggets or the Clippers an ability to sort of even the playing field and, and close the gap a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if age and injuries could be the downfall of this team. But at this stage, I'm not willing to bet on that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the other end of the spectrum. So a couple of non-playoff teams. Now, I'll save the Sacramento Kings later. because Hey, that's arguable. I love, uh, hey, I love talking some Sac Kings, but let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. Um, Not a now, playoff team? Well, they, they weren't, but they, they were very close to being. Um, the bubble team, the bubble team, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> what, what do we think? What's going on here? They could go a few different ways. They, they obviously were undefeated in the, in the bubble. Do you think that they can keep up this form leading into next season and make the playoffs? The 8-0 bright future Suns. Can they the keep it up? bright future Suns. Yeah. Um, I think they can maybe get into the 8th seed. I think, that's, I think that's what they can do. I think great experience for them. you got Monty Williams, who's done a good job. He did a really nice inspirational speech when they didn't make the uh, knockout tournament for the 8-9 and like- playoff. I like Monty uh, Williams. He's a good I like, guy. I like Monty too. I reckon he's, yeah. He was one of the most sought-after coaches last free agency. Yeah. He's a good yeah. coach. He's brought these guys together. Um, it's another year for DeAndre Ayton, who the only reason we're not talking as much about him is because he missed the first like half of the season because of that um, ban he had from taking some kind of dietary... Oh, it, was, it was a banned substance. So banned he, substance, he lost yeah. about yeah 25 games. Otherwise, yeah. that man's averaging like 20 and 10. And he's, only, he's 22 years old. So he's only yeah. getting better. He's locked in under contract. Um, uh, you still got two more seasons out under him. You got Devin Booker locked in for four years. Um, Ricky Rubio's two more years of him, probably a bit overpaid, but he is a good fit with Devin. They kind of do complement each other. Devin works a lot better off yeah. ball when you have Ricky Rubio doing a lot of the pick and pop plays and drawing a bit more attention. Um, 
it's it's a good team. It's a fun team as well. I love D Book. He's one he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, yeah. So, can they make the playoffs? I think they could push for that eighth seed. I think bearing there's always one team that falls due to injury in the regular season. Yeah. I think if they stay healthy, they could be that team that kind of get boosted and jolted up into the playoffs. What, what do you think? Can they? Are they a playoff team? Um, it's tough because just like uh, if it was in the East, no question, a hundred percent, this is a playoff team. In the West, it's it's so hard. Like y- even if you, you think about the who was in the playoffs this year, look, I'm I'm expecting OKC to fall. Yeah, I'm expecting Golden State to jump back up. So I think yeah. that's Golden State's a better team than than the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion. So I would pick them over these guys. So you're, you're requiring another team that was in the playoffs this year to fall out. And I'm just trying to think who that who that team is. Is it is it Portland? Is it... I don't think Dallas falls out. I think they continue to get better. They were the bottom two seeds. Like, if you think about it, like, like Dallas and Portland were the bottom two seeds of the West. And they're great teams. So <laughs> it's like, who, who drops out? Is it... Is it something like do the Rockets just completely implode? Like it's a possibility. Like these are all scenarios that happen. You know, perhaps Utah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. Look, they're a top nine team for sure. It's so hard. I look. I think maybe in my Utah. opinion, M- maybe they tried to get rid of Rudy and go for a bit more of a youth. Maybe they do drop. Yeah, Rudy's look, expiring. That's that's a good. I'm gonna go out. Yeah. yeah. I don't I mean, know. That, that, that's a good, like, um, kind of potential target some teams could go after. By the way, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say that they do make it. And I think, and this is very early, and I don't want to be held to this at all, but <laughs> I'm going to say that the Portland Trailblazers are the ones that drop out. Um, when I compare the Portland Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns, they're actually almost similar in my book. I think that yeah. the Phoenix Suns are just like almost a younger version of of the Trailblazers. Um, now you could say that Nurkic didn't play for most of the season last year and that's why they weren't as good as they you know they potentially could have been but then like you said DeAndre Aiden missed 25 games for this team and they're also getting older they're getting more experienced they're getting better they're a younger side so they're going to improve naturally just within the system um, and you know like Devin Booker Damian Lillard as their two best players like I think Damian Lillard still is a better player at this stage but I think Devin Booker is closing that gap um, and if he starts to work on that range like Damian Lillard has ooh you better look out. Like he's um, he's someone that you could watch. You know, maybe in maybe not next year, but in the future years, there's like an look. He's 23. Devin Booker is 23 years old. Like that is crazy. Yeah, he is pretty, still so young. Ridiculous. Like I think who, who's that? Uh, Obi Toppin is getting drafted this year, and he's going to be a top 10 pick, and he's 22 years old. Like, <laughs> like are you kidding me? This guy is so young and still has so much more time to get better. Like they would, it would not shock me at all if he comes out next year and has an MVP, top three MVP type season. Like it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, so and and let's not forget that Kelly Oubre to, to be a top three MVP, you have to be up there in the standings, there. You do, you do. Unless so you, you're you predicting, what, what are you predicting for Phoenix? <laughs> well, oh, I don't know. Two seeds, the eight no who bright future Suns. Look, I think that the the difference between like the top, I want to say like. Between the fourth seed and the eighth seed, I think it can go really quickly. I think there's a clear like top three teams. Maybe Golden State edges into that that discussion, depending on how well and how quickly they can gel back into things. But I think those that top like four, like the four through eight, you can mix and match, and it might only be like a couple of games that separates those teams. So, you know, 
unless your name is Russell Westbrook, you're probably not getting the MVP from outside of the, the top three teams. But um, I do want to point out that Kelly Oubre, one of their you know, bright young players that played on the team, didn't even play in the bubbles. He, he didn't even play in that team, and yet they still went 8-0. Now, this has caused a few people to question whether or not they're better without him and if they should trade him. What What is your opinion on how Kelly Oubre fits into this team? I like Kelly Oubre. He, he put up about 18 points a game, I think. Um, I think he can defend as well. He's long. He's got that kind of energy kind of attitude. You know, he'll make some, some players that'll pick other guys up. Big blocks, big steals yeah. kind of thing. I, I like him. You, you have to bring him back. Um well, he's, you've oh, got he's, him for next year. You got him yeah, for next he's year. He's on the right? team next so, year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one concern, I guess, with him is the the injury. He had a pretty bad knee injury, so he's young. I think he'll uh, be good. Yeah, I think he should I be. Think good he'll too, be good coming into next season. Yeah, he, he should be fine. But we need to see that actually, yeah. you know, happen and then do the the eye test. So I would definitely um, put a bit of stock in Kelly, and if it doesn't work out, then um, look, you get you can move him at the deadline if you really wanted to, but I, I wouldn't suggest yeah. it. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree. I, I actually really like Kelly Oubre. Like, I think this, the, the, the sentiment that they're better off without him, I think is just doesn't make sense to me. Like, he's a, he's a guy that can go out and get you a bucket. He's made some clutch shots throughout the season last year. Like I said, he's long. He has the potential to be a good defender in the league. Um, he probably gambles maybe a little bit too much at this stage, but like, I, I, I really like him. And he's, look, he's 24 years old again. So, like, their best three players are 23 in Devin Booker, 24 in Oubre, and 22 in Deirdre Aiden. Like, those are young players that you can build around. Um, I guess the only question mark in this starting five, obviously you've got Rubio at point guard as well, is their, their four position. So, they had stretches where they played Aaron Baines and Aiden together. You know, Frank Kaminsky came in there. Dario Saric is there. Both Baines and Saric are off the books and you can re-sign them. You've got someone like McCall Bridges who might be able to come in and play like a small ball four. What do you do with that position if you're the Phoenix Suns? Like, do you is there a free agent that you look to go out and sign? What do you think there? Um, I think I think you do bring... Um, I don't know. That, I'm not too sure what the market's like for Baines now that he's 33. If the yeah. price is too high, you probably just have to let him go and, and look elsewhere. Um Dario Saric, I think he actually was a pretty good fit for them. He's just kind of like a... He's been around for a while now. He's 26, but he's he's been around in, in that Philly team and had a bit of playoff um, experience there. He's, he's he's probably a player I would want to re-sign. I, even if you give him something and he kind of comes off the bench, I don't think that's a huge loss. Um, Mikel Bridges, I'm actually really sold on. I think Mikel Bridges, the perimeter defense that he can offer, I think it's huge. I think he's a very, yeah. very underrated perimeter defender. And in a league where that's one of the most sought-after things, I think it's huge value to have that on your team. And I think it does complement the other players that they have around him. Did he, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he, he won the um, uh, that All-Star Weekend's Rising Stars MVP. Oh, I might have to fact-check that one. But I'm yeah, pretty no, sure he, he did. Is, yeah, okay. That's that's big. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great young player. Like, I think, like like you said, the defense is very, very good. Um like he's he's a four spacer. He's he's developing a good three point shot. Um, so I, I like I like what he is on that team. I don't know if he's the starter on this team. Because I think he I is. Think I, I think what he offered in the bubble when you saw him because in the bubble he was starting. And I think that's mainly who do you start him over? Yeah, exactly. Do you start him over Kelly? From what I saw from that perimeter defense, I, I think yes. And then you just bring Kelly off the bench as like a 
um, <laughs> I'm allowed, I'll do the best case scenario as a, a Manu Ginobili six man. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. He's a lefty as well, <laughs> right? So <laughs> that's a big shoes to fill. <laughs> but no, I, look, I actually uh, now that you mentioned that, like, that actually doesn't sound too bad to me. Like even if like their minutes are kind of the same, and you can sort of like they're pretty mm. flexible in terms of like their wings and um, small ball fours that they do have that ability to be flexible there. Um, so well, I, I when like you have that. DeAndre Aiden as your center, you're still kind of big. Like if you put Mikel yeah. or Ubre in your closing lineup as the three and oh, four 100%. center forwards, isn't, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that should win games. Yeah, 100%. I, I rate it. And um, and you can even play some lineups where Devin Booker's your point guard and you move, you know, Ubre to a shooting guard. And, and like they've got mm. lots of flexibility on this roster, which I really do like. Um, they've also got that, that guy that they drafted last year. Um, what was his name? Cameron Johnson. He's he looked all right last year as a shooter. They've got lots of shooting on this team, so I yeah I do really like this roster and, and how well that they, they how much flexibility they have. Um, one interesting name I want to throw out to you is um, Jeremy Grant as a free agent signing. Now you you're taking him off a, a rival Western Conference team. I think Jeremy Grant would be perfect on this team, like an underrated signing, like as a a guy who can shoot the ball, he can guard bigs, he can guard wing players. Um, if you want to legitimately be a contender or challenge those top teams, you need someone like that who can guard a LeBron James or you can guard an Anthony Davis or Kawhi. I think Jeremy Grant is at least able to do that better than anyone on this roster, I believe. Um, so I think that should be a type of player that they're looking to go after and, and maybe throw some money his way because I think they've got the young pieces. Um, you know, obviously, John Joe Aiden's still on a rookie scale contract. You know, they're losing some some money from Aaron Baines and, and Dario Saric and, and the likes of that. Um, they can deny the, the team option for Czech Diallo. I think they, they would have enough space to go out and sign someone like um, Jeremy Grant to a, a decent decent contract. I reckon, look, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm sorry, but I am all Wait. in. I'm throwing my chips in on Mikel Bridges. I'm all in. Oh, okay. I think the perimeter defense on him is crazy underrated. You, you said J- Jeremy Grant could be... a uh, a good like he'd be the best primitive defender for them to mark like a Kawhi or LeBron. I think Mikael Bridges can be that dude straight up, and I don't want to hinder. It his can't hurt to have more than one. It, it yeah, can't well, hurt, that's hurt true. Have, look, like I'm not saying that you play him over him. I think they can all play well. Like your your top seven players should be Rubio, Booker, Kelly Oubre, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, mm. um, uh, Cameron Johnson, and then if you sign Jeremy Grant, that should be your, your next guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. And then you can throw in Frank Kaminsky and and those type of players, even yeah. like a, you know, they can get some minutes. But yeah, I think that you, they don't have to sacrifice minutes. Like I think they're flexible enough to to all sort of work in, and that's what I like about this team is the flexibility. So I don't uh, think it's I'll, an either all situation. I'll shoot a question at you. Um, firstly, where where do you think they're going to finish this year, and then where do you see them finishing? If they keep this core intact, they re-sign the young players. Um, where do you see them in, say, three, four years from now? Okay, I think next year, I'm going to say it. I'm playing my flag. They make the playoffs next year. I think that they hey. are a seventh or eighth seed. Nice. Um, so do I. I agree. Yeah, I think they could be a seventh or eighth seed next year. In three to four years, now, let's. it comes down to what, what do I think DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker can become? Look, I don't know if... Yeah, look, maybe... I don't think that they're. I don't think they win a title. I think that they are battling for Western Conference Finals 
sort of level. I think they they would surpass teams like the Utah Jazz. They'd surpass teams like um, the Houston Rockets, obviously, who are going to get older. Um, and they'll be in the mix there. They'll be in the mix. I, I don't know if they're going to make it the finals by that point, but they'll be in the mix of – they'll be in – the top sort of four teams in the West, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd agree. I think they'd be pushing for that um, kind of Western Conference um, kind of spot. Probably that little bit away from um, really getting the chip there. I will say there's been a lot, a lot of talk of, um, obviously, Giannis's free agency, next free agency. Yeah. Um, him going to Dallas, which would be a good fit with um, Luca. But I would not underestimate... Imagine Devin Booker and Giannis. I reckon that would be one of the best fits for Giannis. That they would be crazy together. You got Devin Booker to close out games and create um, so much space for Giannis to work with, and Giannis is just that dude who can just obviously carry the first three quarters. I think that is championship, championship after championship if, if they do actually match up together. Look, I think I think for that to to happen, I think they need to trade Ricky Rubio, which I don't think is impossible. But I think for in terms of salary, he's still got seventeen million on the books for them next year when Giannis potentially could be a free agent so they need to make that move but hey look anywhere Giannis goes dynasty like it <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's <laughs> imagine it's, having it's, Devin though man that'd oh, be, it'd be a perfect fit that'd be amazing same yeah, age a, like oh yeah similar like age. I said next next year's free agency class is going to be bananas so yeah lots of things could happen so it's it's really hard to pre- predict too far into the future even just like in a couple of years because who knows like the clippers may be completely down the bottom of the standings and you know that makes phoenix suns a top two or three team so like who who really knows it's so hard to predict after next year's free agency because things can change so dramatically all right we're going to move on we've got one more team to cover and that is one of my favorite teams for all the wrong reasons the sacramento <laughs> kings let's go sacramento look i thought they were turning a quarter last year they narrowly missed out on the playoffs and um what happened like what happened this year like they they got invited to the bubble and then uh, yeah this team so this team has not made the playoffs since 2006 and currently holds the record for the longest active streak of not making the playoffs that was 14 years ago cal 14 years ago uh i feel bad for those sacramento kings fans i'm sorry guys like I was how old was I? I was eleven years old last time this team was in in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> like that just seems crazy to me. Like, and this team, look, I, I don't think they're close. I really don't. I think they're gonna they're, they're on the backwards downwards trend again. Like they 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 peaked last year. This whole Buddy Heel situation. They've got Harrison Barnes on this contract. Like, like Mar- like let's, it, it comes even back to the the choices they make in the draft. Marvin Bagley, you picked him over Luka Doncic. You picked him over Trey Young. All these good players that went after Marvin Bagley. What are you doing, Sacramento? Like, I could beat up on this team so much. But look, the one bright spot they have and the one glimmer of hope that I think they do have is Darren Fox. Let's let's talk about Darren Fox. Um, I think he is clearly the best player on this team. And like, if I look at this roster, probably the one bright spot that they've got. um, What's this team doing? Where, Where are they going from here? How do we fix the Sacramento Kings? It, it, it's a tough bet, isn't it? Because I feel like that pick is always going to haunt them in terms of not taking Luka Dantich. That is going to absolutely... Oh, that, that's just the worst thing that they've ever fucking done. So Look, I do feel really, really bad for all of those fans. Um, Luka Dantich, it, it's going to haunt them for many, many years to come. Um, Look, the good thing about I don't their like roster... To... Yeah, go on. 
I was just going to say on the, on that um, Marvin Bagel pick, I don't like to beat up on teams when it was like, let's say for example, you know, it was the Greg Oden Kevin Durant thing. Like, I don't want to beat up on Portland for taking Greg Oden over Kevin Durant because at the time it was the right choice. You know, injuries came into play. At the time, we didn't know Kevin Durant was going to be. We didn't know he was going to be Kevin Durant, but it was obvious at the time of the draft. People were saying that Kevin, that Luka Doncic was the great, best player out of Europe ever. He was. He should have been the number one. There was lots of people lobbying for him to be number one pick. And yet, you know, if not number one, number two. Like, DeAndre Ayton was up there. Like, he was at least the number two pick. And you just go and pull out Marvin Bagley. Like, no one no one at the time thought Marvin Bagley was the second best player in this draft. Like, it just... At the time, it was dumb. It's dumb now. And it's going to be even dumber in the future. I just... Anyway. It just... I feel bad for the Kings fans out there because it's just time after time, this team just makes dumb decision after dumb decision. They can't draft well. They can't sign contracts well. They can't hire a good coach. Yeah, it's just... Anyway, so yeah. how do we fix this team, Cal? How do you fix it? You um, you put your stock in Darren Fox. I think he's got a lot of promise. I like Darren. you got to re-sign him. Um, this is the last year of his contract this season. So yeah. he's only an eight mil. Great deal. Um, bit of a bargain for what he's doing. I think he's one of the best players in the open court. So you kind of structure your offense purely around how he moves that way. How it's, it's weird because um, Walton, he like slowed them down that, that last season, which didn't make any sense because Darren Fox is so good in the open court. You have to go pace, pace, pace. That's going to be the best thing for Darren Fox. He is your best player. So you have to just build around that. Um, so I'd like to see that moving forward from, from Sacramento um there's a bit of a change in the the coaching change in how they're going to do things um that's priority number one i, I think a yeah. bit of a change of a coaching scheme because th- i think that was the biggest flaw for them last season um did you agree yeah yeah look everything this team doesn't make sense to me so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like the coaching decision look like if you go back to one year ago they were they were a fast-paced team you'd get up and down buddy he be shooting a lot darren fox pushing the pace yeah, like like you said, you're, you're playing quickly, and that's the advantage of this team. And so, wh- why why just change it up again? Like you you're, you're playing the best basketball you have in years. You're pushing to make the Western Conference Finals, which is a tough thing to do. Sorry, not finals, the playoffs. Um, and yeah, I just like why why change that? I, I just I don't I don't quite understand it. Um, do you think that like so after this season, obviously, Darren Fox is going to be a, a, a restricted free agent. Do you do you sign him to a max deal? Like, is he a max kind of player? Um, I, I think you do. I think you do just because he's your best player. So it's not like <sighs> they get many free agents anyway. He's going to have value, even if you re-sign him and look for a trade in, in the future. He's going to have value. He's so young. He's twenty-two, and what he was doing at twenty-two is pretty pretty damn fucking incredible. Incredible. So uh, you got to throw your chips in with him. Um, they, they they can play the time. They can pl- play the waiting game. If it doesn't work out, and say you know, three, four years, that he'll still be under contract and you can maybe move him at the deadline then. Yeah, look, I, yeah, it, it pains me to say this, but I, I don't think you do. Like, I think with this team, look, if you look at their salaries, Harrison Barnes is on the books for three more years at basically 20 million a year. Yeah. Buddy, Buddy Heald's got like a ridiculous contract of 20 million a year for, for the next four years. Mm-hmm. What what do you do with this roster if you then go and sign Darren Fox on a long term deal for big money like thirty plus million a year? Like it just it hinders your flexibility. I think now I know the Kings fans are probably going to hate me say this, but I think you just got to go 
full Philadelphia 76ers on this team and just completely gut the team. It hasn't worked. This trying to sign guys and keep them around and early trades to get... Just don't rush it. What they've tried to do is they've rushed the rebuild and it's left them in this place where they've just been like this 10th, 11th seed for 14 friggin' years. Like, like how long can you be this kind of average team in the NBA? You, 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 and if you're not going to be able to get to that other level, like if you can't sign Giannis next year or an all-star player next year, gut it out. Go, get assets. Trade trade someone. Like, like sign um, Bogdan Bogdanovic this year and then look to trade him. Like, get these assets and, and like, you know, maybe trade Darren Fox this year. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it sounds like really out there. But Darren Fox is the only valuable asset you have on this team. I, I just don't know what else you can do unless unless so Marvin young, Bagley. I think it's jumping the gun a bit. Personally, but you've got to you've got to do something. You've got to change it up. Like you can't keep doing the same formula over and over and over again. It's been fourteen years, Cal. Like like where is that? What is that legitimately going to land this team on? If you just have Buddy Heald, Darren Fox, Marvin Bagley, and Harrison Barnes on this team, like where is that team going? Well, I, I think that to answer the question is probably you keep Darren. But you just trade the other guys. Like get rid of Buddy. I think he's got value. Um, looking at his contract now, the one good thing about it is, even though it does kick in next year, which is a, a pretty monster, um, it's like a ninety million dollar deal or something. It does depreciate, so it goes from twenty four mil next year, yeah. Um, and then on the last year of its contract, it actually goes goes down to eighteen mil. So it does decrease, um, which is kind of a, a. I think that's a positive kind of factor. So that's a win for them in terms of moving it. Other teams would value that. He's, he's, he's a three-point threat. He can shoot over 40% from three. So that's what teams, a lot of teams are seeking. So he'll, he'll have value. I don't really, I'm not really sold him, buddy. I didn't like what I saw from him um, at the later stage of this um, season because it was pretty obvious that um, Boyan Bogdanovich was a better fit. He's a better player, in my opinion. Um, he, does, he does some of the things that Buddy does well in terms of shooting. But I just think Boyan, can, he's this... He's this overall has a couple more elements to his offense, and um, a big knock against Buddy is his defense. I think Boyan puts more effort on that end, which which helps the team. So um, I'd be throwing a bit of chips at Boyan as well. I re-sign Boyan, keep De'Aaron, and I'd be trying to get rid of Harrison Barnes, get him off the, send him somewhere, try and get some assets back, send Buddy somewhere, try and get some assets back, um, and then try and build a core from that because it's it's still not going to be a playoff team. So you're still no. going to be in the lottery. So they're still going to have picks that are in, on that, you know, 10 range, you know, 8, 9, 10. It's, I feel like they'll be obviously fighting for that 8 seed. So they're not, it's going to be unlikely for them to get kind of like a top 3 pick um, unless, you know, it's a bit of an injury. Um, but, I mean, the way the lottery odds work this way around now, now that they changed it, I guess it's a bit more likely. But I think they'll be close to the 8 seed around that kind of 10 area. Um, so they'll have some kind of reasonable assets on, on that draft. So they they had the timeline as well with Darren at 22 to just play a bit of a, a waning game. Look, I think if, you, if you're going down that route, what, what you're relying on is the fact that they nail these picks because like, this team right now is not making the playoffs. The only way that this team in the next couple of years makes the playoffs and does anything with that is if they draft well and they, they hit on someone who can turn into like a Tyler Hero or, you know, you get someone towards the end of the lottery that turns into like an all-star level player. And just based on the, the history of this team and their ability to draft, 
I just don't see that happening. Um, but it could happen. Like we we don't know. It sometimes you just get lucky and you you get a player who turns into an all star, who no one aside from the team that picked them saw coming. So it it could happen. But I just with this team, I'm just like not confident in their ability to draft well. So. Um, and look, maybe Marvin Bagley, the, the scenario that I can see, if Marvin Bagley turns into this all-star level player and starts killing it, then I look to do that. Um, and so that's why in, going into the season, look, yes, I do try and sign Bogdanovich. I, I try and keep as much assets as I can, see how it goes, see how these players have developed. Um, but if it goes the way that I'm predicting it, I, I just don't see this team making the playoffs anytime soon. I think it's going to keep recycling. And so if they are on the same trajectory that they have been the last couple of years, I think you just you you just try and gut this team and go full full rebuild. Look, next year's draft supposed to be pretty strong, and there's going to be an, an eventual point where the high school and the college players line up together, and you're going to have like what they call the double draft. So for this team, I think you want to have as much assets in those kind of drafts as possible, um, and see if you can increase your odds of getting a, a superstar level talent on this team. Because right now, I just don't see anyone who's got that level of pedigree. Um, and it's just hard to hard to make a, make a move in the league without that kind of level of talent. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, well, Sorry, Kings where do you fans. see them in like let's say let's say five years time? Still, you still know a what? team it, that's young and terrible. It, I, I hate to say it because I just I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're gonna, I, I probably think they will resign Darren Fox. They probably will resign Marvin Bagley and give them big money and. They're probably going to be exactly where they are. Like, I'm sorry, Kings fans. Again, like, I, I feel bad for you because this team, like, you don't deserve this. No one deserves a team to be this bad for this long. Um, but I, I just, there's nothing that they've shown to me that, that they are ever going to get out of this hole. And until they make a dramatic move or luck falls their way, whether they draft someone really, really talented, um, I just don't see that happening. So at this stage, I'm going to hedge my bet and say that in five years' time, they might be a 10th seed. <laughs> so still the exact same spot they are now Love yeah uh, legit <laughs> like there's there's younger teams they're going to get better faster um the phoenix suns for example the minnesota timberwolves like yeah i just yeah don't don't see it happen really i'll, I'll ask a question about maybe darren fox where do you see him ranking in point guards in in the nba in say like five years do you think he'll be a top 10 top five top three he'll be, he'll be top 10 He'll be top 10. I mean... Yeah, I'd argue like, he's top 10 now, to be honest. Yeah, look, I haven't got my he's rankings right in front of me. Like, he's 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 around at, like, 10 mark. Um, my point is that he's he's not the game... Like, his shot is suspect. He's not the best shooter in the world. Yeah, he's fast. He's quick. But what did that get the Wizards in the Eastern Conference when John Wall was fast and quick and athleticism? And I would say John Wall back in his day was better than Darren Fox is now. Um and that, so that, 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 that I would say that that like play style wise are pretty comparable, and I just don't think that, that gets you anywhere really of value in the in the Western Conference specifically when you've got so much talent in every team. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, like he's he's a top ten point guard, but does that move the needle enough for them to contend? No, I don't think so. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think I think he's pretty lethal in, in the open court there. Forty eight percent field goal this season. Twenty one points. I'm putting stock in him. Um, I, I think, mean, yeah, I think I, he can I'm be a top he's a bad three player. point guard potentially. I think that's a ceiling, top three point guard in the NBA, and that's a good building block. You need another piece yeah. around him though. That's that's the concern. They have they have nothing really to go with him. Uh, you got Marvin Bagley, but 
but he's had in- injuries concerns. He's still young. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's going to be. Just imagine what Luka Doncic would be like on this team, and that's what really oh. kind of oh, man him and De'Aaron. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nuts. Like, like we'll just put you got Luka, Luka getting all the detention. De'Aaron is slashing, cutting. Oh, it'd be insane. So I, I do feel bad for you, Sacramento guys. I just <laughs> just knowing what you missed out on. We'll, we'll pull one out for you, Sacramento. Um, yeah. I think just just look over at the Knicks. Like just keep looking at the Knicks, and and <laughs> maybe you'll feel a little bit better. <laughs> but uh, we might stop it there, Cal. We, we've sort of dragged on lots to talk about in this pod, but um, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time with another off-season breakdown. Uh, we've got more um, redraft tools coming through. Um, doing some some swaps over for, for previous drafts, some fantasy content coming at you hard and fast with the season fast approaching. Um, so stay tuned. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like the video if you can. Um, if you're watching along on Apple Podcasts, give the podcast a rating and um, we really appreciate it. Alrighty, Cal, I'll catch you next time and see you later, guys. Bye.